This is The Mandalorian Union, a podcast where married nerds, Megan and Zach, discuss the Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian. Episode 3, Chapter 2, and Jawa Problems. Welcome back to The Mandalorian Union. This is Zach. I'm Megan. Neither of us are Jawas. Unfortunately, no. Unfortunately not, because that seems like a lot of fun. This is... I think yes. those Jawas are the most fun Jawas I've seen in Star Wars. I love them. They mm-hmm. are really fun. They're fun, and they're effective. Yeah. Can strip a ship fast, can keep a Mando off of their crawling fortress. Mm. They're pretty great. They make they crack good jokes about uh, Wookiees. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's Chapter do it. two. Hit me. How about you hit me up first with this first question here? All right. What was your favorite scene? In this episode. My favorite scene. Ooh, there were a couple good ones in this particular episode. And I'm going to turn myself into a hypocrite later. But I think my favorite scene was... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think my favorite scene was probably with the Mudhorn, which is the large one-horned beast that came Mm -hmm. out of the cave when the Mandalorian was trying to... uh, Retrieved the egg. So gross. Mm-hmm. And for some inexplicable reason, he brought the baby with him when he knew this would probably be dangerous. And so he's got the baby there. And then the baby uh, saves the Mandalorian's butt by lifting up the mud horn with the force. Isn't he like maglev attached to him, though? They, I, yeah, there is a connection between like the bassinet and the armor. We see the Mandalorian press a button on his forearm and then kind of wave the bassinet. Um, and I can understand not taking the child out of his sight, mm. but I do question bringing the child in to, you know, <laughs> Mudhorn v. Mando, you know, 2K19. I don't really think that was the <laughs> wisest childcare decision that's been made in the Star Wars universe. No, no. Although childcare decisions in the Star Wars universe are very poorly made. There's not really a lot of good examples of childcare in this universe. I would have to say that's my favorite scene because we got we saw the Mando beat down again and we saw the baby save him in a very epic force moment. Yes. Yeah. That was very cool. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun. And man, I felt so bad for our Mandalorian there. He really did not have anything going for him. No. In that whole scene. No. He really didn't. He really didn't. Uh, a quick second would be any scenes with our Ugnaught friend, especially the rebuilding montage. Yes. Those are my favorite scenes. Mm, yeah. I really, really loved... That whole piece that he, the Ugnaught, mm-hmm. put in there about, like, you know, I chose to help you because I care about this community. People are here for peace. Yeah. And then he talked about, like, he himself had known, like, slavery and bondage and that he is finally free from that. So the Mandalorian paying him back or you know, feeling like he was indebted to him or something like that. He didn't want to create a situation like that and was happy to serve in this way. And I just, that really touched me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really meaningful. We, I think that's our first meaningful connection we've seen develop mm-hmm. on the show. Yeah. As far as a dynamic one between the Ugnaught and the Mandalorian. I really enjoyed that moment when... The Mandalorian said this would take days even with and like we will need a maintenance facility. <laughs> and the Ugnaught is already setting up lights and he says he says something along the lines of how long do you think they'll take? He says, Just a few days. 
if you're of a mind to help. <laughs> yeah. He's already assuming, hey, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to help you out. Want to lend a hand? Kind of cheekily, of course. Right. It was great. I loved that. Mm-hmm. That was that was definitely my favorite scene. Yeah. I really liked their relationship and how it was on display in that scene. Mm. That was great. Especially with the moment where he said he offered him a job. The Mandalorian offered the Ugnaught a job. And he said, I've worked a life of servitude so I might have freedom and peace. Yeah. That was really touching and made me want to know his backstory even more. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I'm sure he'll get a book if we don't dive into it in the in the TV series itself. Claudio Gray, I know you listen to our podcast, Claudio Gray, uh, renowned Star Wars <laughs> author. So if you could work with your agent to make sure you write the backstory of the Ugnaught from the Mandalorian, we would be most appreciative. <laughs> Thank you, Claudio. <laughs> um, so Zach, who had the best line in this episode? Well, aside from the automatic best line, whenever the Ugnaught is in here, of I have spoken, I would say... <laughs> I would say the best line, I think, would be from our Jawa leader. Oh, when yeah. Yes, when the Jawas were discussing with the Ugnaught and the Mandalorian how to trade for the Mandalorian's ship parts. Yes. And the Mandalorian attempts to speak some Jawa. Mm-hmm. And it is very clear through this whole scene that the Mandalorian is out of his depth. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's totally out of his depth negotiating with someone in this sort of way. Like, I think he's negotiated where he's had the power of weapons, but he doesn't have the power of weapons here, and that frustrates him. Right. And he attempts to speak some Jawa, and all the Jawas laugh at him, and I believe the Jawa teases him and makes fun of him with the line, you speak pretty good Jawa for a (laughs) Wookiee. Which is hilarious because Wookiees can't speak Jawa. They can't speak basic. They can only speak... Shriwook. So it was a pretty pretty big burn, of course, which of course me, myself, and all of the other Jawas thought it was because they all turned their heads in laughter and laughed at the Mandalorian. That was also my favorite line. And I think if I went with like instead of a line, like where there's no speech at all, I think I would go with at the very end, when the Mandalorian is like turns around in his little seat, we've put the ship back together. Mm-hmm. We're in outer space now, and he turns to the co-pilot chair where he's put our little baby friend, and turns and looks and like kind of like shuffles the bassinet a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's like you're still alive, right? You know, like that frantic mom in the middle of the night. Oh my God, you're breathing, right? Right. Um, like just kind of shakes it and like, oh, you're. Are you okay? Like, okay, I'll just leave it alone. He turns around, and then our little baby friend kind of wakes up and has that cute little, like, blinky thing. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a cute, like, nonverbal exchange of things that I really liked. That was a very tender moment. Because mm-hmm. we've seen our Mandalorian uh, be out of his depth, either in combat that he eventually overcomes or in negotiation with the Jawas. And now we see him softening with first IG-11, and then the baby a bit, the Ugnaught, and now even more with the baby. Yeah. The child. So, Megan, what made you have an emotional reaction in this episode? Yeah, well, I, besides the whole part where the Ugnaught, like, self-identifies as being, like, a slave and then working for his own freedom, because mm-hmm. um, that, that got me, but... Um, Outside of that, I think the the most emotional reaction I had was when the baby um, 
like used the force to hold up the what was the monster's the name? The Mudhorn. Yeah, the Mudhorn. Mm-hmm. And protect the Mandalorian, and it just took everything out of the little baby. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they were so tired, and they fell asleep. And the Mandalorian is just like, oh my gosh, I, one, don't know what happened. And then, two, are they okay? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And that was really emotional for me. And just the whole journey back with the Ugnaught when they were discussing it was pretty emotional to me too because you could tell like the Mandalorian was like I had an experience right <laughs> something right. happened and I can't explain it and I was mm-hmm. like that's a really profound thing and I felt they built that moment up really well for us the audience mm-hmm. with the campfire scene between the Mandalorian and the baby because the baby gets out of the bassinet I'm not sure if they were by a campfire but it was in the evening at night and the baby okay. gets out of the bassinet and walks up to the Mandalorian, who is tending to his wound, his open oh, wound on yeah. his arm. And the baby begins to reach for the wound. And the Mandalorian, I believe in that moment, didn't know what the baby was trying to do. He thought the baby was likely just examining the wound, looking at the tool mm-hmm. or something. But us, the audience, one, we know this is the same species as Yoda and Yaddle. Uh, Yaddle? Yaddle is the the Yoda species lady from uh, the prequel trilogy. She shows up in the Jedi Council a few times. So she's a named character in in our Star Wars canon here. And so we know because we've seen two Jedi Masters, uh, one very famous, one a bit more background, of this species. We assume that as this baby reaches its hand towards that wound, that it's probably trying to heal the Mandalorian, right? right? And so there's this tension for us that there isn't for the Mandalorian, when we're saying, oh, this baby's trying to use the Force to help, like, Metal Space Dad. <laughs> and that's so touching. And, of yeah. course, the Mandalorian kind of quashes it, not really intentionally, just putting the baby back in the bassinet. So when we see the baby try to use the Force again to help the Mandalorian mm-hmm. in a more dramatic situation, right. whew, it's just, it's been built up for us. Yeah. I also love that. We're like, no, no, go in there. That's where you belong, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have questions. I have questions about like the Mandalorian's experience around children. Yes, which is really his experience around children has been certainly non-standard between the force used and the full throating a frog. Oh, that was something else. That yeah. The baby just picked up a whole frog and just gulped it right on down. Uh, yeah, I've never really seriously thought about like, did Yoda eat? And now I'm kind of like, oh, well, guess I know what you were doing when Luke was training. He was making stew on Dagobah for Luke just as a polite gesture, I guess, because there's so many frogs for him to just I'm sure he just went out in one of those little bogs and was like, "Hmm, I'll just grab a snack here. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, Luke, upside down push-ups. Like he just like went out to the little bog and got a snack like, oh, here's some frogs. Mm-hmm. Doop, doop, doop. Um, ten more, Luke. Ten right. more. <laughs> okay. Mm, I think we've seen Luke pass on some of that uh, snark when he's training Ray mm. in the sequel trilogy. <laughs> so, Zach, was there anything that you really liked about this episode, or that you didn't really like about this episode? Sure. What I really liked, we've touched on it before the the montage of repairing the razor crest oh yeah i really liked that because it was an emotional moment of bonding Mm 
which we've mentioned before. So we really got to see a relationship build between two characters who have grown. We've seen the Mandalorian grow a little bit, or at least go through some experiences and, you know, offer this job. And I thought that was just such a great scene where they're helping each other out. And it was just warm fuzzies Mm. with, you know, a character who lives alone, tries to live in peace, and then a wannabe lone wolf who's not as much of a lone wolf as advertised. So I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that these were basically side quests to get him back. (laughs) (laughs) These were essentially side quests to get the Mandalorian back on the path of getting this baby back to the client, Mm. played by Warner Herzog, or, you know, whatever awaits them afterwards. So I enjoyed enjoyed that because we saw our characters take on these challenges together Mm. that in one sense just slowed the story down. Right? Like, once he moves on, I really doubt these Jawas are going to be recurring important characters. Right, right. But it really painted a picture of the Mandalorian struggling with different situations and showed a, you know, growing relationship, a friendship between the Mandalorian and the Ugnaught. Yeah. Now, the one thing I will say I didn't like on a meta level, I said my favorite scene was likely the baby Yoda lifting up the Mudhorn to protect the Mandalorian. And I'm going to enjoy I'm going to enjoy this series even if all eight episodes are baby Yoda doing force stuff at opportune epic times. I will still enjoy this series and love it dearly. However, personally, I'm not crazy about the fact that the crux of the story, the catalyst of the story is just focusing on a force user again. I know the Mandalorian is the main character and he is not force sensitive. Um I would just rather see a dynamic moving story uh, that doesn't involve somebody moving stuff with their mind. Well, that's just my personal take, just because we have so much of it. It's a reason I loved Rogue One. It's because we don't have any Jedi except for, you know, Force user Anakin at the end, just wrecking stuff. I think that was the reason I liked it, because these are normal people without powers. Um, I think the Force in this series will serve more as a mystical plot point that the Mandalorian needs to react to Mm. rather than a tool and catalyst for change of the main character. So I think we're, you know, we're a bit safe from it just being, you know, another force user story in that way. Um, But part part of me is sighing, but everybody loves the force. The force is part of the heart of Star Wars. So, but that's my piece. (sighs) Yeah, I think that's where we disagree. I really like it, mm-hmm. but um, and it doesn't bother me at all. I don't find it to be very force user centric. This show, so I'm excited for it. But I did really I liked this episode because I think previously I'd said, you know, what do you think happens next? And I hoped that we would keep seeing the story move on with what are we doing with this baby? Mm-hmm. Where are we going? Um, this episode slowed down a lot. I think it I did. liked that that we weren't um the the first episode was really fast but it wasn't like rushed it felt right but this episode we were on the same planet the whole time Mm -hmm. essentially the entire episode was okay so i have this baby and now i'm trying to get off this planet oh wait i can't get off this planet and now i have to solve the problem of how do I get off this planet? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of liked that we got to spend more time with the Ugnaught, more time with baby Yoda species, mm-hmm. and um, more time just learning more about the Mandalorian. I didn't like, and again, where are the women? Mm. 
Where are the women? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we certainly had nobody that would count as a as a woman. Maybe most of the Jawas were women, but that wouldn't count. Maybe they were, but they didn't say that. So, I mean, there were some blurgs. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. good. I'm I'm still I'm still disappointed about that. Like, where where are these awesome women I was promised? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had the names of those women characters in the marketing spoiled. Fennec, uh, Fennec, and Kara. Hopefully, hopefully they show up soon. With the yeah. Mandalorian finally off the desert planet, which was suspiciously Tatooine-esque. We never got the name of it, I believe, but it was suspiciously Tatooine-esque. I didn't see Twin Suns. That is a great point. Mm-hmm. That is a great point. Yeah. But yeah, I really do hope uh, the women show up. They were used in the marketing a lot, I'm sure, because um, a lot of the Star Wars fan base is more and more into representation being better in our beloved Star Wars universe. Right. But yeah, these first two episodes, the ladies have not been there. Where it? Not yet. As much as I love Warner Herzog and Pedro Pascal and uh, Nick Nolte as as our Ugnot. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't had a, a mix of females in there at all yet. Hopefully that'll be coming soon. Yeah. This third episode coming, you know, we'll have a female director for it, so. That's right. That's right. And the second ex- episode was the first episode of Star Wars TV directed by a black man. Right. Which was fantastic. Right, right. So cool. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, one more thing that I did not like about this episode. Yeah. There was a hairy egg. (laughs) Excuse me, sir. How would you like your eggs? I would take my eggs hairy, please. (laughs) So gross. I loved it. It was the right amount of Star Wars weird for me. (laughs) I love Star Wars weird. It looked like a Chewbacca hairball. (laughs) gross that you can eat <laughs> gross oh man oh man so zach what do you think happens next i think baby yoda decision point happens oh. i think in the next episode that's where we're gonna get the mandalorian saying i will protect this baby with my life on the run from the empire mm. i will sell this baby to the empire uh, which i don't think is gonna happen i think baby yoda decision point is coming up in episode three that's my bet. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. But I think what happens next is some women show up. Yes. Mm-hmm. There will have to be a decision made about the Mandalorian's duty to either the the guild or, or no, uh, the client, Werner Herzog. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's not really like a guild job, I guess. Right. But his duty to that or his newfound duty to our little baby friend that's right that's right yeah do you think he's a a mando reporter (laughs) get it mandated reporter you have to report a negative situation with children i'm mando reporter i love you love you uh social work and star wars crossover jokes the best kind of jokes i can make for my wife All right, well, uh, we need to go let the Blurgs out. Yeah. They're doing yeah. really well, by the way. They are. The Blurgs are great. They've stopped eating the neighbor's dogs. Mm-hmm. Yep, we trained them off of the dogs, which is great. They're now eating squirrels. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, Megan is crazy about that. She loves that they're eating the squirrels, our Blurgs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want the birds to have bird food to stop being, you know, mm-hmm. 
antagonized by small rodents who throw things at me. And now we have these blurks that are like, look a snack. Yeah. So uh, I would ask that you tag us on Twitter or send to our email, both MendoUnionPod at Gmail or on Twitter. Uh, send us names for our blurgs. We've got three lady blurgs. Um, healthy, happy, probably have finished digesting the neighborhood dogs and have um, are now full on squirrels. So they are happy blurgs just to help us find some names for our our lovely our lovely ladies. Yeah, one has like a bluish color. Mm-hmm. Another one, she has that yellow stripe down her back. Love the yellow stripe. She's my commuter blurg. I take yeah. her to work. Yeah, and then there's the one that has like precious like purple eyes. Mm-hmm. The other two have like green brown eyes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So help us out with some names for those blurgs so we can address them by something other than, hey, don't attack the neighbors. <laughs> we are Zach and Megan of the Mandalorian Union podcast. The photography featured in our podcast art features cosplay by Bethany, who is at beer underscore fet on Instagram and Twitter and photography by Rebecca Joy Photo on Instagram. You can find the podcast on Twitter at MandoUnionPod, and please email us thoughts, questions, and discussion prompts at MandoUnionPod at gmail.com. We'd really look forward to any discussion topics or questions you'd like us to talk about. If you do enjoy the podcast, give us a rating and share it with your friends. Hey, Zach. Yeah? Are you hungry? Oh, man, I'm so hungry. What do you have? Well, um, we just got a dozen eggs free from our local grocery store. Are they... Oh my god, Megan, did you get me hairy eggs? Ew, no. Oh.